Action. Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Average Critics, joined as usual by Obi and Chris. Uh, we don't have a specific theme this week. Um, I've been pretty lax at watching stuff. Um, so we can resume those in upcoming weeks. But uh, I feel like we've not had any film news for a while, which is kind of obvious because of lockdown. But, you know. I um, interrupt you. Sorry. Um, mm-hmm. I did hear a thing on, well, I've read a thing on Twitter saying that, uh, I'm not sure about UK, but they said they reckon 90% of theatres worldwide will be open by July. Really? Okay. And that's why, um, you know that film, uh, the new Christopher Nolan film, what's it called? Uh, that's the one. Um, they've, that's why they've kept their, everyone else has like pushed their thumb back, but they've kept their July release date because they think, oh yeah, everything will be open and also it's going to be like the big film and like people wouldn't have been in cinema for time. So they think, oh yeah, let's all rush to go see this because we haven't been in cinema in ages. Kind of thing. That's smart. That is smart, mm. I think. I don't think that's smart at all. I think bars and theatres are going to be the last thing people are going to go start going to. It'll be the first thing I go to. <laughs> yeah. Like, even if there's bare people in the cinema. Yeah. Well, depends what measures they put in place, but maybe yeah, they'll have... I mean, if you think about it, like, how many screens does the local cinema have? Like, I think my one's got, like, 12. So if, oh. ten, if Tenet's the only film showing and they need to social distance, then it's probably quite easy for them to just show it on all 12 screens and just have, like, every other seat filled. Um, I don't know if that's what they would do, but that seems like a... I think they a terrible marketing idea, but maybe that's why I'm not on marketing, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you know, people are are taking social distancing so seriously to a degree, but then you see photos of people on yeah, the beach. I'm waiting. It's getting worse. The, worse to be honest. The, these the wait was we should have gone, and I hate to say it, but I would have I I abided by it for seven weeks. We should have gone into the same lockdown situation as Spain, where you couldn't go out at all, right? No exercise, nothing. Yeah. It would have made people go mad, I get it, but like the deaths would have fallen so much faster. And what was it the other day, wasn't it like we have more deaths? We had we had more deaths than the whole of Europe combined in one day. Yeah. And it's like we're not changing. our our death rate is not changing. I don't know if people are just people just stop watching the news, but <laughs> it's like it's leveling out a higher number, if that makes sense. Mm. And like you can't take Fridays, or is it? You can't take the weekend because they they reduce the weekend volumes because they don't measure it on the weekend, and then Monday it will be up again. I think it is, isn't it? Like Monday's going to be higher than the rest of the weekend. Well, they include the weekend stats on Monday, don't they? I yeah. Think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Just, I, I mean. Yeah, I get it. Like economic stance, you've got to kind of start things up again because the government can't keep funding it. But I think there were like smaller measures that could have been taken prior, to, like increment it a little bit more. Mm. Oh well, I ain't, I ain't yeah. boring. It ain't my job. How long do you think it will be before we get a a film specifically addressing the pandemic, whether it's a horror film or like a drama film or whatever? <laughs> few years i think yeah really i think you have a few comedy sketches about it maybe but like 
Otherwise, I think it's... I don't know. How many is it killed? Like 40,000 in the UK. I don't know worldwide numbers. Depends how many people's feelings you hurt, really, isn't it? My yeah. thinking of it was... Um, I was thinking, like, they did a... I think... Uh, what's his name? Benedict uh, Cumberbatch. Is that his name? Yeah. yeah. He was in that Brexit film, I think it was, like, last year. I think it was last year. And that's what that was three years on from Brexit. So I reckon maybe three years from now they'll do a film about this or something, or like a TV series or something like that. Mm-hmm. If there was like, did you guys watch that show Chernobyl on um, Sky One or HBO? I was meant to, but I never actually watched it. Oh, okay. It was pretty kind of visceral um, and quite, you know, it doesn't shy away from what happened. I mean, I don't know how accurate it is, but. Yeah, something like that, where it's quite no holds barred. I don't yeah. know. Obviously, it will be quite impactful, but interesting at the same time. Um, but going back to kind of cinemas and how films will be shown, at least for the foreseeable, there was a. I've seen lots of like articles suggesting kind of drive-in cinemas. You know, like they have in America. Oh yeah. Um, and I think that sounds like quite a good idea because obviously you can quite easily social distance in your own car um, but just where we if we have the space That's for that I don't know. need the space exactly but there are probably tons of car parks like around the country that you know are being underutilised I um, think though um, with that people... then, um, I reckon you're less likely to um, buy stuff from the cinema like popcorn and that which is where the cinemas make all their money true that is true. Is that really make most of their money mm-hmm. I didn't even think that many people I suppose like for first dates and stuff people spend their money don't they yeah. I they always, don't I'm get always shocked go on sorry sorry I was going to say I'm always shocked at how many people actually still do buy it because mm. when you look at how fucking expensive it is you know was it like £9.90 for a, a hot dog and bit of popcorn whereas yeah. especially in Beckenham about 100 metres away is a Tesco where you, you yeah. get the popcorn thing for like one pound thing is though like I think for like cinemas like now thinking about it like if I ever go to the cinema and I really want popcorn but I know I'm super late like the one in Bromley for example uh, The View I would probably just buy a small little popcorn and, and drink selection for like £4 or whatever mm. it is and yeah. just I- and then there's like um, for us, well, not for not for me so much anymore. But like for us, we go cinema quite often. That's exactly what I was gonna say. So yeah, so the the whole like uh, what's the word? The whole uh, the fun of it's kind of taken away a little bit. We are just there for the film, while other people have gone for a special oh, day. Experience kind of thing. Or huh? What do you say? Like the whole experience. Yeah, that's, yeah, the experience. Yeah, so that. Yeah, but I get it because like, having a fat off box of popcorn is pretty jokes and a massive drink. <laughs> but like, but also I find the flavorings are just so weak in the in the cinema. Like if you order a sweet, then maybe like one in ten pieces of popcorn has a little taste of sugar, yeah. and the rest of it's just dry as fuck. Mm. The same with salt. You either get like none that are salty, or you just get a clump of salt and you just dehydrate. I don't know. I think like the ones from the supermarkets are a lot 
more consistent. Um, but yeah, you I, got, I, I don't. You got sweet or salty after I um, <laughs> I'm now a Switzerland, and I get sweet and salt. But okay. I don't. I wouldn't right. get a pure salt. I would get a pure sweet. Um, okay. Did you just call yourself a Switzerland? Neutral. Yeah, neutral. Oh, <laughs> on the fence. <laughs> well, mate, where's the toffee, mate? Where's the toffee? Oh, man. Toffee's too much. Worse than, the only thing worse than toffee is butter. Have you ever had butter popcorn? Not just tried chocolate one. But nah, they're... they're never that good. I remember uh, I got taken to cinema once by like someone I was friends with from primary school and their family, and they were like, "Oh, we bought popcorn." I was like, "Oh, great, it was butter." I was like, <laughs> "I'm, I'm not friends with you anymore. Fuck you." Disgusting. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it'll be interesting. I mean, I don't know the exact kind of percentages, but yeah, like cinemas have to pay for you know licenses to show the films, and mm. they're quite expensive. So that's why they, yeah, such high prices for all the concessionary stuff. Um, mm. But they used to, they used to not allow it in, did they? You know, outside food. Um, yeah. And people still have that sort of mentality of having to sneak it past. You've got to hide it, yeah. I've taken cinema. I've taken Pizza Hut into a cinema. I've taken Morley's into. <laughs> I don't. When you brought Morley's in, I was cracking up because as soon as. <laughs> As if you open it, people just start turning around because they can smell. <laughs> Mate, what else? What more could you want with a like? When I'm at home and I watch a movie, like I have a movie night, I want a takeaway pizza. I want my little bowl of popcorn, maybe a little sweet on the side. Mate, calm. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, yeah, but what? like. You can do that in the comfort of your own home, but like when you're in a cinema full of like 150 other people and you've just got this greasy chicken smell, like yeah, it's conscious. Yeah. Well, bring in something I don't smell. Yeah. And then you're licking your fingers like. No. <laughs> 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 like, nah. Especially if you're watching like a quiet place and it's like deadly silent, you're just there like. <laughs> um. <laughs> um. Okay, well, Chris, have you had any movie nights recently? What have you been watching? Uh, so I had a movie night like, oh, I've watched, so I've had three movie nights since we last spoke, I think. So one, I watched uh, A Man From Uncle. Oh, I started watching that. I, I actually, it actually. It's, it's, it's quite funny. It's quite, quite a unique duo of Henry Carville and the other bloke. Uh, Army uh, Hammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although apparently in real life he's a bit of an arsehole. Uh, but yeah, it's um, yeah, it's a good film. I, I, ha- I have seen it before. I, I wasn't too thrilled to start watching it, but then as I watched it, it was interesting. Like, obviously you got the dynamic of two sides of a one, two countries basically battling out for the same, for the same end goal, and then and then becoming friends during the process. So it was uh, very interesting. And it's like, definitely got that Guy Ritchie sensibility, hasn't it? Yeah, it definitely, hundred percent, hundred percent. But I think it works a lot better when he does it with like gangster style films. Yeah, because he kind of—I feel like he tried to make it a bit more like thuggish, I guess, but it didn't really. It was more stylish. He was trying to do it style, like stylishly, I think. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, no, it's a good film, though. I think. 
the one film I actually fell asleep through, and maybe because it was just pure because I was bare tired, was Rocket Man. Uh, Have you seen it before? I haven't seen I haven't seen it before. Um, but my brother and dad they watched the whole thing. We were watching it as a family, but we had, we had just had a fat fucking curry beforehand, so <laughs> I knocked out as soon as we started watching it. I was knocked out. But like my my brother and dad, they were. I think my dad just kept saying like when a song came on, he was like. That's not the right order. He was like, that song was before that song, and I, like he knew obviously that they'd done it on purpose. But he, it's kind of like me hearing that. I was kind of frustrated for him because like you kind of want to see the songs as he sings them in sequence rather than have the songs as how he's feeling it during the film. If that makes sense. But yeah. Then thing, but like for someone who knows his music like my dad does, it's kind of like that's not the right order. I think there's always artistic liberty in, you know, biopics. I think particularly Rocket Man, there's a bit more sort of magical realism to it, yeah. in a sense, um, especially compared to Bohemian Rhapsody, um, which takes a lot more of like a trying to be a little bit more realistic. But even Bohemian Rhapsody kind of does things out of order. And, you know, there's that scene where he's talking about when he gets AIDS and then it goes on to him performing at Wembley um and that I think that didn't happen in that order so but yeah I understand you know if you're a purist and you're like hey that song didn't come out um before just, that song I just didn't realize how much of an arsehole he was what Elton John yeah and he's <laughs> an arsehole as well to be fair but I mean and then you sort of respect the kind of dirt that they they kind of portray because it's not you know they're not sanitizing it too much he's sort of like yeah do you know what i was this and i admit that and i think you can have a bit more respect for him from that and i also think the music does work really well with how he's feeling in rocket man um i think it, it works a lot better than bohemian rhapsody um especially the last song being i'm still standing because it really does kind of sum up his journey doesn't it yeah it does to be fair but like uh Oh, sorry. I you realize... watch that film and you're like, boy, he's got some bangers. He does. And also, I didn't realise that Taron Ed... Ed... Oh, whatever his surname is, I didn't realise he was singing all of them as well. Mm. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's singing. And mate, there were some, they were some flamboyant outfits as well. Flipping yeah. out. <laughs> Man. I think you forget, you like... Them? Hang on. Um, I was going to say, you forget, like, um, that most people who act can like sing as well and yeah. like dance and whatnot. Even like when uh, we saw when I watched La La Land, and obviously it was Ryan Gosling singing. I was like, oh shit, he can actually sing because obviously most people in that uh, genre they are brought up to sing, uh, act, and dance. So that you're yeah. like a triple threat kind of thing. So when you're so you're ready for everything. Like, uh, yeah, for everything. But yeah, mm. quite surprised that uh, he was good at singing. Karen Edgerton is. I did. I tell you what I did like about the film, though, how they kept cutting into like his therapy sessions and stuff. Mm. You learn a little bit more about him, I guess. But but then I say this only having watched about thirty minutes of the film. So it's a good film, though. It's a good yeah. film. You should watch yeah. the whole thing. We've got it on DVD now, so I might rewatch it. It was my yeah. top ten in my top ten of last year. What um yeah. what biopics would you guys like to see next for like musicians? Ooh. David Bowie. Oh, good one. 
I think he's got quite a colourful life. Mm. And he's from Beckenham, so... Well, he's yeah. lived in Beckenham. So, <laughs> maybe we could be extras. And he's got some tunes as well. I think he's ripe for a, a biopic, because there's, like, drug abuse. There's, his like, questions about his sexuality. There's, like, banging music. He's, like, you could go from the time period of the 60s and 70s and 80s, which is always cool. His son is a film director... So, sort of like, I'm shocked that it's not happened yet, to be honest. Bruce? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What biopic would you want? Um, I don't know, really. Um, that's a very good question. Um, did I have to be dead? No. No. Oh. Um, there's, a, there's a biopic about Tupac. <laughs> like we did there. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing one about um, like, because like I've watched a few bits with Snoop Dogg recently. I wouldn't mind seeing about him. Okay. From what was it? Because he's been to like, I think he's been to prison and stuff, and he, he lives quite yeah. a colourful life as well, doesn't he? With, yeah. like, he was involved in a lot of madness. Yeah. Yeah, and like I was, I watching the other day. I was watching something, and uh, Jay Z was brought up, and I was like. Wouldn't mind seeing how he all started, really, actually, because he's really successful, isn't he? Mm. But besides them, I can't really think of anyone off the top of my head. Um, I would like one about Michael Jackson slash the Jackson 5. Oh, yes, that would be good. Was there something about Michael Jackson, though? Did they bring out something related to him? Oh, no, they were just, uh, weren't they, in that uh, Wonderland thing? Yeah, I mean, Neverland. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, just calling them uh, well, weren't they? Yeah, very much. <laughs> Fuck it, though. What about Blue? Oi, now that would be boring. I <laughs> was <laughs> <laughs> so boring. I saw Anthony Costa once in the Croydon Chiquitos. <laughs> Anthony, no, wait. Bergen? Isn't he bisexual? He was on. No, uh, that's um, Duncan and Lee, apparently, Duncan. both bisexual. Is Lee Ryan as well? Apparently. That's what I heard. That's what Pickford said to me, anyway. Yeah, wasn't that one of the questions on the quiz that we did? Yeah. I don't think Lee Ryan is. I didn't think that either, but that's what Pickford said. No, Lee, Lee Ryan, I'm pretty sure Lee Ryan's straight. Everyone thought he was homosexual, but he's straight. Or, yeah. And then I think Duncan, uh, no, not Duncan, the other one you said, uh, he's been on, he, he went on um, Celebs Go Dating? No. He went on saying, and he he was there for to see a man. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a good question about biopics. Um, yeah, it is actually. You know, I would also like to see one as well. It was like, um, it's weird, but like of um, like kind of like WWE, <laughs> like ah, oh, they want to see one of those, you know, like Chris Benoit or um, Eddie Guerrero, people like people who have like died whilst they were acting and wrestling, like. I would like to see that, or more, more probably more like an expose about the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Really, maybe not a biopic. Have you seen the thing? Like when I scroll through Facebook, sometimes I see this one, and I can't remember who the wrestler is. I think this wrestler was going against Chris Jericho, and the wrestler was meant to win. And Vince McMahon made it so the 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 rest the the thing went on, and the guy ended up losing, and it was this big big drama in the whole of WWE, and like. The guy ended up punching 
Vince McMahon in the face. And this whole drama kicked off. And I was like, shit, I want to know more about this. I didn't know the WWE world was so, like, ruthless. And, like, how things are, like, done. And, like, I didn't realise people got so upset by it. I thought it was so... I thought it was so more staged than, than it is. Hmm. What about then, um, what about like Dwayne Johnson? Because he obviously started out as a wrestler and I think he's even admitted himself that he wasn't like, he doesn't look back fondly on the person he was. Well, whilst he, was. he started as an American footballer, didn't he? Or a college footballer. And then he busted his knee or something. And his dad was a wrestler. Mm. I believe. Yeah. I think the thing with the thing with I, I'd like to, maybe it'd be interesting to watch, but I think a lot of his history's out there for people to see, like like interviews and like mini biopics about him. I think as well, he's the sort of person who would like always want to maintain his image. So I think anything that comes out about him, obviously, I think he would have creative control over, which we can talk about actually for the Michael Jordan documentary. But it would always paint him in a good light. Whereas, obviously, it might. I think it would be biased, basically, towards him. Yeah, that's a very good point. Anything that comes out with you would be interesting. Well, do you want to lead on to the, the last dance, then? I've not seen it, but I think both of you have. So, do you oh. want to just talk about what it is? And, you know... I thought you were the first person to recommend it, Glenn. Maybe you weren't, then. Did you, uh, did you mention about it in, in a previous podcast, Obes? Mm, I don't think so, you know. Oh, I'm sure. All right, fair enough, then. Yeah. I'll take credit for it, but I've not seen it. Because oh. uh, I, I, I literally, like, I think when, when I saw some, like, I spoke to Bar- Barney Gardner. And, like, he was like, oh, yeah, he was telling me about it. And he was saying how good it was. And then Tom, and then Pickford said, oh, yeah, this is really good. And I was like, uh, got to watch it. Let's watch it. Like, and, mate, honestly, I can't believe how sucked in I got within, like, the first 15 minutes of the is it good for even people that aren't particularly interested in basketball then? Mate, yeah, I was all game with Obi and I prob- Obi was probably pissed at how bored I was at that basketball game. <laughs> Mate, I was so sucked into this TV series. Okay. I, right, well, wish, I wish I liked basketball more. That's how upset I am that I don't because of this series. Because <laughs> I've, I've not really watched it because I'm like, well, I'm not that interested in basketball, so I probably won't find this show particularly. Did you not watch Last Chance You though? No. Oh, did you not? Oh, right. See, I don't like kind of American that, and I really liked it. I think, mm. Glenn. Um, I think it's more. It focuses obviously. Obviously, basketball is in there, and the 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 series is about his last year as a Chicago as Chicago Bulls. But it also focuses a lot on what was going on with him at the time, like personally, yeah. and obviously like, all of his teammates and stuff, and how they felt towards him. And his also his attitude and how uh, his personality and his upbringing like contributed to him being a winner and basically how like how focused he was like he is the single most like he's basically like a borderline sociopath. But yeah, oh, really? yeah fucking yeah. hell. But okay. he's successful, so can you knock it? That's the thing. That's the question that came up to me that that I was thinking about at the end of the documentary. It was like you have to be. Do you have to be? that is crazy as he is basically to get that success can you achieve it another way and also at the end of it is it worth it because it seems to me like watching a documentary and obviously everything i see in the media and stuff he's not a very happy person now 
And I think he doesn't have many friends now either. Like, his best friend is his personal trainer. Like, okay. I don't, I don't, like, it would be, it would be a good question if, if he thinks that it's worth it, basically. So, like, a, quite a big question um, in, like, basketball, Twitter, and stuff like that is, like, who's the greatest player ever, kind of thing. And yeah. it was always a question of, would you rather be Michael Jordan, um, be, have six championships, no losses in finals, um, but then you haven't got any friends, nobody really looks upon you that fondly, personally, as a friend, obviously as a player, he's great, but as a friend and as a person, do people remember you fondly? Or would you rather be someone like LeBron James, who everybody likes, everybody loves, he's got a few championships, but quite a few losses as well. Like, which one would you rather, would you rather have? Yeah, yeah. So. Well, I think losses make people a bit more human as well, don't they? Because yeah, people can probably identify more with people that have lost than have won. I don't yeah. know, but um, sorry, what did you say? Sorry, I sneezed. Okay, um, okay. So you said obviously like Michael Jordan's still alive, right? So, yeah. um, ha- has he had creative influence on this documentary? Because well, from what you're saying, it sounds quite um, kind of quite objective. Yeah. Well, so it is like, it's predominantly about him, though. You've got, like... Yeah. But I, I think, like, for me personally, I don't know how many episodes are there. There's ten episodes. I think the first six episodes, he is portrayed like an absolute god, right? Like, he's, he's the nice guy. He's determined. He works hard. Like, nothing can stop him. But then, like, from seven onwards, or maybe I'm being an exaggeration on how many... You find out he's like a com- he is a complete arsehole behind the scenes, but like, yeah. but his, but the players respect him for it. Like that that's how it's perceived. They respect him for it because, like, when he's an arsehole, you get rolled up, then you do better, kind of thing. Yeah. Like he even punched some guy. He punched his teammate in the face. Steve Kerr, yeah. And then Steve, and then but in the interview, Steve Kerr, he's like, he's like, um. Yeah, after that we had like such a respect for each other, and then like they cut to a scene where he like, like <laughs> where he's throw- where he's passing the ball to Steve, and Steve takes the three pointer and scores it. It's like what the fuck? <laughs> I'm sure I can't quite like this. I think his thing was like his thing was like he's never gonna ask you to do anything more than he would do himself. So his thing was like he wanted everyone to be on his level, and that's why I so, like so to bring it to football kind of thing. That's why I think a lot of great players don't make great coaches because mm. they expect so, they expect people who they're coaching to be as good as they are, and yeah. that's not how you get the best out of the, out of a team. So like a lot, quite often the time in both football and probably other sports as well, um, great managers often aren't great players. Like great managers are people who maximize who are able to maximize the little talent that they have to the best of their ability. And then they can translate that to other people who they're coaching like, on their team. Yeah. And also, I guess, people who are like at the pinnacle of their sport don't lose or can't take losing. So therefore, mm-hmm. will make terrible coaches. Because mm-hmm. can you imagine Cristiano Ronaldo as a manager? He would, I reckon he would be awful because A, no one would be as good as him. And B, he's not a good loser. So, <laughs> you know, I think, that's... I think that could probably translate into a fairly okay manager because... Like when you hear about him in the media, like I, I heard the other day about the Juventus training, he got there like four hours early to train hard. So I think if anyone, he's the, he's the point of which you like. There's Messi, 
who is just a naturally gifted individual and maybe understands that everyone's not on his level. And then there's Ronaldo who's like, well, if you work hard enough, you can get there. Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, from I what... Think- from what you from what you get in from what the media portrays anyway, Messi seems like more of a team player and like uh, a leader of a team because he will like go to Barca's board and be like, hey, you know, we need to do this or you know, I don't agree with this. Whereas Ronaldo seems a little bit more individual, and obviously they've both had quite equal successes. So yeah, there's no right or wrong really. But can you imagine if Cristiano Ronaldo managed Tottenham and he was like, I've got more trophies than you have, mate? I don't know if it'd be quite like that though. Mm. That's like Mourinho right now. It's like Mourinho saying, well, I've won three titles to the Tottenham team. I doubt, I doubt he's saying that. He's saying it to the media. I, I reckon he probably does say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, to bring it back to the last dance, so we got a bit, we deviated a bit there. But um, basically, the season, it follows Michael Jordan's last year at the Chicago Bulls in 1977-98 season, I think. And it kind of like, uh, every episode focuses on obviously Jordan, as well as like another teammate or another person involved in the organisation, whether or not it's the general manager or the owner or the coach and some of his teammates and stuff like that. And they kind of start, they'll start in like 98 and then they'll go back in time to like 1984 when Michael Jordan first came to the league and stuff like that. And they'll keep going back and forth until oh. like the final episode where they met right at the end. That's fair, yeah. John. That is the only thing I hate about this series. Like- what? The back and forth of it. I, I literally took me ages to realise that we were like going back and forth to this certain moment. Because, my gosh, I was trying to follow it. I was like, this is happening. Then we're going, it's like 1992, 1998, 1979. Or what, I'm not, I know that they're not the real dates, but like, and then it goes back 1998. And I was like, what is going on? I was like, can you just tell me the this, this story and like fucking timeline, please? <laughs> But I, I, like, get, oh, I like the way they did it. I, I get why they did it, but like for me, it points because obviously I know none of the history. Mm. I, I didn't even know Dennis Rodman was a basketball player till till this documentary. Personally, maybe that's my naivety to like looking up stuff, but I didn't know. Mm. And like when they flick back and forth to things, and then like suddenly he's in the like they talk about him. Suddenly he's in the team. Suddenly he's not in the team. Suddenly he's in the team. Suddenly he's not in the team. I'm like, what is going on? But at the same time, I, I did follow it. I just, that, just that bit was a bit... It, it got me a little bit. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so, like... So, yeah, like, me personally, I really enjoyed the documentary. But I do think, like I was saying a minute ago, I do think that, um, obviously, Michael Jordan has... He, I'm almost certain he has complete creative control over what gets, what got put out in this documentary. And I think he's framed it in a certain way to make himself look better in comparison to his teammates so like for example um there was quite a lot of uh there was quite a lot of emphasis on one of the episodes of when his dad his dad was murdered um in 1994 i think or maybe 1993 um and he like three months after that he retired from basketball and he was only like 30 years old so it was like a massive thing at the time um and then he came back like two years later won a championship and then they um they showed a picture of his dad, like of him, like um, crying on the floor after he won championship. Obviously, because it was, I think it was Father's Day or something like that, or around that time. Yeah, it was so, Father's Day. Thing. And then they also show. So he, one, he says that his best teammate he's ever had is a player called Scotty Pippen. Um, and a lot of the time in the documentary, they like Mark John doesn't say it himself, but they show him like being an arsehole quite a lot. Scotty Pippen, this is, and like 
uh, letting his teammates down, um, fucking up in crucial moments and stuff like refusing to play in the game uh, in the last couple of seconds of a game because he wasn't going to get the ball, like, stuff like that. And there was one game in particular, I think 1990 or 1991, uh, when they lost, uh, they didn't get to the finals, basically, and they lost in like the semifinals. And pretty much all they say is, um, oh yeah, Scotty said he had, a, he had a migraine, so he couldn't really play and he wasn't, he wasn't good that game. And that's pretty much all they say about it. And Jordan kind of dismisses it. He says, oh, he said he had a migraine, but like, he doesn't take it seriously. Where in actual fact, his, his Scotty Pippen's dad died like two weeks before that game. <laughs> ah. but they, they spent like a whole episode basically on the death of Michael Jordan's dad and how much it affected him how they're best friends blah 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 but then they completely ignore the fact that the same thing happened to Scotty Pippen a couple oh, years earlier really? yeah did they mention it in the documentary they, they don't said? say exactly they don't say that in the documentary but that oh, did happen yeah oh yeah that's what I'm trying to say I was just reading because I was reading up and it says Scotty Pippen isn't, isn't too happy with his portrayal in the series yeah I'm not surprised oh yeah so, I, mean, like, I know they obviously they did him dirty, but they did do that whole thing with the season where Michael wasn't there, or the two seasons Michael wasn't there, and they showed how like good Scotty Pippen actually is, and that he was kind of brought down a little bit by being in the shadow of Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, yeah. Does the does the documentary series uh, change your view or opinion of Michael Jordan? Um, no, not really. I thought he was, like, in terms of him, is he the greatest basketball player of all time? I thought that before the documentary series. I still think that now. Um, it, to be fair, actually, it made me think um, that he's, obviously, this was probably pretty evident because I don't think you can be that great without having a massive ego. But it, it showed me that his ego is through the roof. <laughs> and also, that he is, like, like I said, he's a sociopath. So basically, in his mind, he has, he he was always, his, his thing is like, I need to create a situation where I'm up against the odds and that's how I do my best and that's how I succeed. So like he created scenarios in his head in which people on the other team disrespected him. So he thought, okay, this guy disrespected me. Now I can go at him kind of thing. And like, oh, okay. that's the sort of, that's the sort of crazy person he was, but like it, it worked. So you can't, I don't think you really, really knock it. So, I think I think certain successful people are borderline sociopathic, 100%, psychopathic. 100%. You know, they they do say that about like CEOs and stuff. Because I think to get to a position of high power or authority, you have to be quite ruthless. Yeah. And you know, to be that ruthless, you have to detract yourself psychologically, I guess, from <laughs> emotions and things. I don't know. It's yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, but obviously, like, I guess the the Jordan I kind of am aware of um it's like the, the jordan brand like he's got like a clothing brand and shoes and he also donated well he said he committed 100 million dollars to the black lives matter movement over the next yep. 10 years um yep. which is obviously huge and wait not just him well his company isn't it is i think right? someone else isn't it i'm not sure i only saw his name to be fair yeah know. i thought i thought it was like through his company um, but obviously that's that's huge. I mean, I didn't maybe again naively didn't realize how wealthy he was to be able to. Oh yeah, that he's like, is, he, billionaire. is he a billionaire? Yeah. yeah, he's worth two billion. And there's like his just to sorry random fact that I just remembered because you were talking about Jordans. So like, um, um, sh- like basketball shoes weren't like a big thing back when he started uh, yeah, this, uh, playing this basketball. Is, 
and like Converse was the was like the official basketball shoe before um, he signed. I think he wanted to sign a deal with Adidas because that was like the in thing. But they ended yeah. up signing with Nike, and they said to him, "We only need or expect you to, I think, sell three million worth yeah. of uh, shoes." And in the first in the first three years or something like that, and I think like in the first year he sold like one hundred thirty one million. Yeah, wow. from shoes. Mate, I wouldn't. I, oh, and also. They offered other superstars, like in other companies, other superstars would be offered like 100k, and they were like, "We're going to give you 250k to do it." Mm-hmm. And doesn't, like, doesn't Jordan sponsor PSG's football kit? I think so, you know. Yeah. Isn't that mad? Like a basketball. Oh, I mean, I know it's not just a basketball brand, but you know, essentially, you know, a founded basketball brand is sponsoring us football. Mm-hmm. It wasn't for the Air Jordans. Nike wouldn't really be that big of a brand. Mm. Mm. Unless they followed through with someone else being the, the main person. And also, at the time, he was a rookie, wasn't he? Or he was just coming yeah. out of... So they, they hedged their bets with him. Yeah. So if he got into that first season, who knows like what that brand could be today. True. Chris, out of curiosity, um, so you know the, pe- the whole pizza thing, you know, the poison pizza and whatnot. Yeah. Do you believe that? Do you think that's a true story? Um. I think it's bullshit, personally. But <laughs> the thing is, like, when you look at the videos, he was, he looked, he didn't look good. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a like. It's a hard. It's, it's it, it seems too convenient because like one, if four people came to the door with pizza in a town you don't know, would you take the pizza and eat it? Probably not. But then he was really hungry. I guess I don't know. Like, it just seems a bit far fetched to me. And then second of all, like he was a big superstar, so four people could come to the door and try and yeah. serve him pizza. Yeah. But at the Quickly same time, context, um, sorry for for context. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so one of like a, a big like thing in Jordan's career was like, a game where they called the flu game. But basically, Michael Jordan was like like half dead basically, and like he was on like a, a, a IV drip like hours before a game, like proper ill. And um, he basically scored. He still, even though he was like basically half dying, he scored still scored like forty something points in the game. And he says that he reckons he got food poisoning. Um, from a pizza that he got delivered to his hotel room the night before. And the pizza was delivered by like five people and everyone, everyone now who's been into said, Oh yeah. Now uh, we, as soon as we saw five people turn over pizza, we thought, Oh yeah, this is a bit suspicious. This is a bit weird. But then me, I was thinking like, okay, why didn't you say anything then? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why didn't you say anything at the time? Like don't eat the pizza. I, I personally think it's bullshit, but, but like, when, if you worked at like, Domino's, and then you get a call, and it's like, Oh, yeah, this guy called Neymar Jr. has just ordered a pizza to this address. And it's, you're going to be like, Fucking hell, Neymar's ordered a pizza, and it will come in, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I would. I'd be like, I'm taking along. <laughs> that's, that's the bit I think is real. The bit that I don't think, because I, well, I don't know what was wrong with him. I think he might have been hungover. That's all I'm going to say. But <laughs> the, the thing is, like, he ordered a pizza. Um, and he, they said there was like five of them in the room, like him, Jordan, his manager, his trainer, and a few other people that were in his room. They ordered the pizza, and 
he was the only one who ate any. That's what I find weird. Like, no one else ate any. They said, he said, oh, yeah, um, Jordan was angry because everyone went to dinner without him. And then he, so he spat all over his pizza so nobody else would eat it. And like, to me, that just sounds like bollocks, <laughs> to be honest. Did Maybe that? he made himself ill if he's spitting over his own pizza. Maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think, obviously, like, a lot of it's been hyped up or exaggerated, obviously, for the documentary. But yeah. I think the thing is, like, you know he's such a great player. And yeah. he, he, was, he, was, he was bound to not be this, like, absolute ma- magnificent person that we, everyone or most people thought he was prior to this documentary. I'm actually quite surprised that they showed him in such a bad light at some points, but then I suppose they had a book out already about it, which probably most people who supported him would have read, or the news article that really diminished him a little bit. Um, But it is very interesting, like, there's a lot about basketball I didn't know, and you learn quite a bit from this, like how you win your championship, is it? No, you win your league, and then you go to win the championship, don't you? I don't really understand, I don't I didn't get fully understand who goes into the championship to do the the uh, to get to the final. I didn't really understand. So like, there's an Eastern Conference and a Western Conference, and basically they have everyone plays each other, but you've got they've got East and West have their own separate leagues, and basically yeah. whoever finishes top of those two, they face each other, and they're the they're the national championship. championship. So, so 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 yeah, but so when I was watching it. So, obviously, you play your games and then you win your league and that's the... You know, essentially, you win the league, right? And then you get your trophy and everything for winning your your side of the conference, right? Conference, yeah. 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 And then it, it, and then it looked, showed a table of like teams battling it out against each other to get to the final and championship yeah. final, right? So, does yeah. every team on your side go into that that tournament? So... Or is it just like uh, a tournament from each side? Yeah. So, it's, there's 15 teams on each side. Eight yeah. of them go to eight of eight on each side go to the playoffs and they play the playoffs against each other. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then yeah, the winner that's... of those playoffs plays the final. Yeah. And then and then it, and then it's out of five games and if it's a, if it's at three two then it goes to seven games, right? Well, well, funny enough, thing that I didn't know is that so they used to um, now it's all seven games. It's all best of seven now. Oh, before shit. I didn't know then. But before then, it was best. Uh, Playoffs were all best of five, and then the final was best of seven. But they changed that now, so it's all best of seven. Mm. They play a lot of games. Oh, huh? Final because yeah. in my mind, it the way they were showing it, it was if if it went to three two, it went to seven games. It's no, like they had four. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mental. Absolutely mental. Mm. And they they play them in such short periods of time as well. Yeah, it's mad. Mad. They must be so athletic. Mm. It's really intense, isn't it? You know, even though it's only what like fifteen minute quarters or something. I can't. I don't know the how it's broken up, but you know, it's just end to end. It's quite exhausting. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, I'll so tell what, how does I tell you what's insane about this whole documentary? And the thing I didn't know about him is that uh, during I think it was the nineteen ninety three or nineteen ninety four. He retired from basketball and went to play minor league baseball. Yeah. And <laughs> and he was actually sick at it and he got yeah. like two runs in his like first season, which is like unheard of. Like, like even people who are up and coming don't do that. 
and he they reckon that if there wasn't a strike that happened in baseball, that he could have gone on to play Major League Baseball. But so have you guys ever seen Space Jam? Sorry. Uh, no. I, I haven't seen it in years, but apparently he is a baseball player in Space Jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it on Netflix, I think? It is yeah. on Netflix. Yeah. Is that the one that they're making a sequel to as well? Yeah. Who's yeah. uh, star in number two? Uh, LeBron James. Uh, How does this compare then to other sports documentaries that you've watched? I'm like, you know, particularly Last Chance You, um, which I know you guys enjoy. Um, it's definitely up there for me, um, and I think, I think it's just sometimes it's just really cool to see, like, uh, to see like greatness kind of thing, like on a on a screen. With Last Chance Two, for me, it's kind of like a different sort of thing because that's more me like, oh, like I hope these kids make it kind of thing. And yeah. with that as well, with Last Chance Two, I don't know how their seasons turn out, so it's so maybe it's a bit more exciting for me. With the Jordan stuff, I kind of know how it all ends, but it was just great to see all the like, the behind the scenes uh, stuff to it as well. If that makes yeah. any sense. But it was well, great. I, I really so all I knew is that he was. Uh, all, I, all I knew before it was there are like three amazing basketball players that I know of and that's Michael Jordan, LeBron James and uh, Kobe Bryant, right? I said all the names right, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's all I knew about basketball really, if I'm totally honest. And I know, I know, I know they're high scoring games most of the what, time. You don't know Lou Deng? Who the fuck is that? He's sick, mate. British basketball player. Shut up. Anyway, like, so watching this was really insightful and like it's i couldn't believe like i knew air jordans were amazing but i didn't know it all started like that and like i didn't know they did like a double triple and i didn't know he played baseball and like learning about the other players as well was quite quite insightful but yeah good stuff what else have you guys been watching in uh taking up your TV time. Um, I'll be getting in my DC bag, watching a few. Uh, Continuing few from DC. the superhero theme that we did a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so I watched, I watched Suicide Squad. Um, just to see, because I haven't watched it since the first time it came out. Um, and I remember when we first started this podcast. I think you didn't mind Suicide Squad. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I thought I think you thought it was okay. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was all right. I mean, I, I, there, I was, you know, happy to uh, point out the things wrong with it, but yeah. there was something about it that I quite enjoyed. Mm. Yeah. So, enchantress. like, say that again. Sorry. It wasn't Enchantress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll talk about her in a second. But like, um, I am. Um, uh, so like with all this release of Snyder Cut stuff there's been a lot of talk of like release the Ayer Cut so like um, David Ayer being the director of um, Suicide Squad mm-hmm. um, and apparently I didn't even know this to be fair apparently his uh, version of the film is completely different to the version they put out um, so Warner Brothers really? yeah so apparently Warner Brothers um, wanted to change so one basically wanted to completely change the tone of the film to make it more light hearted because of how what a bad reception Batman v Superman got, and apparently David Ayer says that his version of the film is a lot like a lot darker, grittier, more sombre. Um, but then yeah. the version that is a lot more uh, uh, what's the word? 
lighter in tone, I guess, and um, like you see about the music. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I, mean, I said it's a bit more tongue in cheek. I mean, particularly when, you know, when they first sort of all meet up there, I think they play the real Slim Shady, don't they? Which, yeah, I like, obviously I like that song, but I was sort of like, I don't really see why this fits here, which I think is something yeah. you mentioned in our, our group chat, Chris. It's like the music doesn't necessarily fit. Oh, with... I think it's horrible. Yeah. But I mean, so um, David Ayer said that um, the tone that he's, his, version is more like one of the first trailers that came out um i think the trailer's called i started a joke um and he said that that is basically how his film was all the way through um so you know warner brothers must be looking at themselves again damn we fucked up two films now yeah you know, man suicide squad I mean, and they, justice league the, the thing for me I, I i i can sag off a director or a producer or whatever yeah but like at the end of the day if you hire someone to do a job you gotta let them do a job yeah to have like a mistranslation of what they're trying to say and a mistranslation of like how it's meant to be perceived so like yeah. although again i i wasn't happy with Zack schneider and some of the work he did admittedly i want to see his part of the film because yeah. light-hearted parts of like justice league and stuff his part it, it would have been more dc like mm-hmm. and the eye cut or i cut or however you say his name is a lot darker and is more in line with the tone of the film, yeah. then we should have got that. Yeah. yeah. It, it also shows how how much uh, the editing can make or break a film. I mean, yeah, it's, quite, it's, qu- it's quite harsh, actually, that everyone's blaming David Ayer or Zack Schneider or Joss Whedon um, for, like, the failure of a film or the fact they don't like the film. But actually, if you think about it, if those two films were essentially changed completely in the editing room then maybe the editor should have had first billing and then people can get onto them and be like oh you know joe blogs you fucked this film right up you twat you know rather than yeah um funnily enough regarding this film i don't know if this is true or not but um i did i sort of was watching a youtube video and they basically said that warner brothers hired so the, the the team the team that made i think the first trailer or maybe the second trailer the um, Warner Brothers hired them to edit the film, Suicide Squad, that is, for them. Oh, okay. Um, so Who I'm thinking, they get like, to edit it, sorry? Say that again, Chris, sorry. Who did they get to edit it, sorry? The people who made the first trailer. So, that, so, uh, or the second. So, like, in my mind, it doesn't really make sense that you've gotten people who work on trailers to edit two, probably two or three hours of footage compared to oh, making. It's going to be more than that. Trailer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, yeah. I thought I thought trailers were normally done by marketing companies. Hence, why you often get kind of trailers that spoil things or you know include scenes that don't make it to the final cut. Because essentially, you know, the studio just sends marketing stuff to the marketing companies, like make us a trailer, and then they do it. So I don't know if they're like actual proper like editors and stuff, you know, because there's you know making a clip of. Uh, two or three or if you're fast and furious nine minute clip of a trailer out of you know a two and a half hour film or whatever it's you know so comparing to making a a fully realized film it's, it's quite different um did you watch the extended cut by any chance or did you just I watch, did the watch the extended cut and do you think that the scenes that were kind of reinstated added to it because i remember the extended cut being a bit better because there's more of the joker and harley quinn and more sense of their abusive relationship which obviously is one of the darker elements of it 
Yeah, yeah, I think um, I'll ask you another question in a second, but I do agree. Yeah, it does. It, it helps their see their side of the relationship and how um, how fucked in the mind basically they both are, which mm-hmm. I think makes which contributes to the darker tone of the film, not the lighter tone that put, is put out to pretty much in the rest of the film. Yeah, um, and I think it's interesting to see um, something we haven't seen before in terms of Joker, which is. Um, I suppose you can count Arthur Fleck maybe, but a Joker who's like in love with a person and a person who also loves them back. Um, yeah, it's something that we've typically seen from a Joker. Um, so I think that was quite interesting to see, like someone who's that mentally fragile as well. Both like the pair of them. Um, that was pretty cool. I because I, well, I, I, I have watched the extended cut, but and I vaguely remember the additional bits, but I just don't think. Joker's impact on the film was was like it. I don't think it influenced it enough, or it, or it just wasn't relevant enough for me. I mean, but, he should have he should have been the villain of the film. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily the case because then you'd I think you've had too much conflict with Harley and him because obviously she's got a, got something around her neck where she has to do what she's told, but she won't do it. So I think you'd have loads of cop out moments if that was the case. I think maybe he could have been a secondary villain, like um, like Black Manta and Aquaman, that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Who's yeah. there, but not the main threat. Yeah. But, like, I mean, my personal opinion of it is that I just didn't, like... like I, if I just take out the, the way they uh, portrayed Joker, like, the whole gangster-ish thing, then, I, like, as a whole, he, he, it could have been quite a good role personally but me personally the way they portrayed it i just didn't like it fair enough i liked it personally i think i think it's all right i think it's good I, I like seeing different iterations of the joker like obviously this one is mental like they're all mental but i think he seems to be one who i'm crazy but i'm still like uh like not human obviously he's human but i still want to he's a gangster in it so i assume to profit from you, he wants to be. He wants to profit from being a gangster kind of thing. Like he yeah. owns clubs and all that shit. Whereas the other Joker, like he fled as Joker, is just like an anarchist. Like he just wants chaos for the sake of chaos, which is yeah. great. But I do like this different take on it. Um, but I do wish he had got maybe gotten a bit more time to flesh out his character a bit. Um, but I do think that he, Jared Leto, he does. He cranks it up to, like to the point where I'm like, oh, this might be a bit too much. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bit OTT. Yeah. But um, in general, I think do you know what? I don't hate it as I think we're mostly just I don't hate it as much as I did when I first watched it. Like it's fine. It's well, no, it's average. It's average. But like, um, I just think it all the grounded bits. Like I think are are good, and the bits where like um, so like when Harley Quinn start is fucking people up, and when Deadshot's fucking people up, like stuff like that's good. I like Rick Flag. He's he's cool. I like him. Um, Amanda Waller, Viola Davis, I think she's great. Um, the the Batman cameo, the Flash cameo, that's all good as well. But where the film flops is, there a is Flash just cameo. Like, yeah, like a quick one. He captures Captain Boomerang. Oh, sure, forgot about that. Um, but like where the film flops is like for me, for me, the music, like like we said this in the chat, I think they tried to make the film proper, like Guardians of the Galaxy kind of thing, and it just I think it flops at all. I think the sa- I think the soundtrack is terrible. 
not the, the films and the, the music songs themselves are fine, but they don't fit in the film at all, and it really puts me off. And uh, the villain is crap. Just like, just like it's awful. They should have stayed with someone a lot more grounded, I think. Um, because I think one of the first things we said when we were talking about this film, when the podcast first came out, was where was Batman when the world was ending? <laughs> yeah. So like that didn't really make sense. And I think the film's edited really poorly. I think yeah. there's really choppy and there's just stuff in certain places that doesn't make any sense at all. Like just one thing that sticks in my mind in particular is when um Amanda Waller is introduced to Rick Flag. They go to the prison to see uh Deadshot and all them lot, and he's all cool with it. He sees their um their abilities and whatnot. And then he they they cut to a scene of um, Rick Flag saying, Oh, why are we going to why are we considering these people? I've got a team full of people, blah, 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 being all dissentful. And I'm like, why wasn't this before they went to the prison? That makes absolutely zero sense. But, yeah. yeah. Do it also made no sense. I don't know if maybe I just, maybe I'm just stupid, but the whole point of the Suicide Squad is for them to rescue someone. And then you've got Amanda Waller who's like organising it from behind the scenes. And then when they open the door, they're rescuing Amanda Waller. And I was like, why? <laughs> Why has she got herself in this situation? Or how has yeah. she got herself in this situation? It was just exactly. sort of like, yeah, we need to do a mission, like tactical extraction. And then it's like, oh, it's, it's her. And then she like kills all the other people, doesn't she? Or yeah. Someone. yeah, she does. And I was just like, where has this come from? This was just sort of like, it felt really contrived. And I was like, we don't know. Well, I don't remember if we are shown how she gets into that sticky situation or what. I was just so confused. Yeah. <sighs> well, interestingly, of, she's of coming back. Never even thought of it like that. That's kind of mad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting. I was really surprised that she's coming back for the second slash soft reboot yeah. one. Redemption. Redemption. Did you say? Redemption. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's too Redemption. famous to need to do that shit. Well, well. I like her character though. That's the thing. I like her character, but yeah. I think she. I think they just need to. I just think they just need to sort it out. Like I think also another thing was they only gave. Apparently, they only gave David Ayer six weeks to write the script as well, which to me doesn't seem like a, like not a lot of time to write a whole two and a half. Yeah. So maybe give him some time. Who's directing it? Oh, James Gunn. Yeah. Yeah. So it will be like Guardians. You're saying about this being really Guardians of Galaxy like. The next film might even be more so. Well, but then, um, but then his, his roster of films, he has had darker films, hasn't he? So maybe hmm. it'll be a bit more light hearted. His, his films always have an element of like comedy in them, though. Yeah. Thing is, I like you. I was thinking just a minute ago, like you saying about how where the hell was the Justice League when this was happening? They should have just done a cut scene to them like battling like all together in um like from the Justice League film. Well, this yeah. come up before Justice League, so I don't mind that. But I was just wondering where the hell Batman was because they show Batman in the film like you know capturing Deadshot and doing other stuff. So like. When the world was getting taken over, where the fuck were you, mate? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that is fair. I, th- I think if if Aya's cut ever does get released, which I don't know, if Enchantress's portrayal is exactly the same, it's still going to be shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's terrible. Like, that her, like, obviously she's like an ancient whatever, whatever, witch and whatnot, and she was talking to her brother and saying, like, oh, what happened? They used to worship us, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, go with that. I want to know more about this. And then just stop. And then that's it. And I was yeah, like, and, it just needs more, uh, man. Yeah. And her evil powers are just her doing this weird little dance. Yeah. Like, ooh, scary shit, man. 
You know, you've got the Joker who's got a tattoo of a mouth on his hand and he's like, ah, 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 lying around guns. I'm like, that's pretty cool. And then she's just, you know, flossing. Oh, man. I, I must yeah. admit, like, the villains were pretty fucking dog as well. Like, okay. the animation of the brother and her were a bit like, mm. they're so, they're so, I know it's hard. I know it's hard to make an animation look realistic, but it just looks shit. Mm. Yeah, I think she looked okay. I think her brother looked pretty crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. We shall mm-hmm. see if the Aya cut ever sees the light of day. I reckon they'll probably see how well the Snyder cut does, and then they'll be like, You like this? How about you watch this? Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind, man. Bring them all. One thing I don't understand is why people don't want to see, like, when they say, Oh, do you want an air cut? People say, No, I'm just like, Why not? Why, don't, why wouldn't you want to see it? I want to see it just out of curiosity, if anything. Yeah, and if they've already got the footage, you know, yeah, might as well. It's not going to cost them too much. Okay, so what other DC films have you seen? Um, I watched Justice League last night. Mm. Couldn't, couldn't get for it the first time, you, did you? You're getting them on back, mate. Uh, Glenn, you're getting them on back. So, I thought, okay, uh, I got back so for context, I would be started watching Justice League, which, you know, he said is the favourite film of the last 20 years. And, uh, and then he stopped it, like, 20 minutes in to uh, actively watch the Suicide Squad, which no, that's he not true. That's not true. Hates. That's not true. Um, that's not true. And then, uh, then decided that's to finish true. Justice League because he actually wanted no, to watch no, a good no. film. Before he no, 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 no. I, I was uh, watching. Wanted to watch the trash film first, so that the expectations are a bit lower. Facts, facts, Chris. Facts. No printer. Shut up, Chris. Um, Who side are you on? <laughs> My fit no, I watched I started watching Justice League ages ago. Um before when it was on Amazon Prime. It's actually not on Amazon Prime now, now that it's on Netflix. I didn't even know that. But um because I tried to go back to it, but apparently it's not you have to rent it now if it's on Prime. Um but yeah, so I went back to it um last night. Um I started it from the beginning because why not? And I still like it. I still think do you, know, do you know what is yet? I think there are certain films, I don't know if you agree, but like where you know you know they aren't good, but you enjoy them anyway. Like I know Justice League's not the greatest film about like even same with Power Rangers to be fair, there's 2017, but like, I know that's not a great film, but I enjoy it. Same with Justice League, I enjoy it. I know there are problems. And same with Suicide Squad, I think, excuse me, editing wise, like it's very like very choppy. And there are things that definitely need to be fleshed out. But uh, in contrast to Suicide Squad, there are a lot of scenes that I just think are cool and that I enjoyed quite a lot. I enjoyed the interaction between um, Bruce and Diana and also the limited interaction between Cyborg and Flash. I think it's quite funny. And I know it's like the fun thing now to shit on Joss Whedon for his version, inverted commas, of the film. But I think a lot of the stuff that he did in the film does work. Like a lot of the humour of it in it, uh, for me, does work. And I still enjoy it and find it funny. Um, some of the action sequences as well, like um, when Super- basically when Superman beats the crap out of everyone, I think is so enjoyable. Like I'll be around it like two, three times because I, I love it. Um, and yeah, man, I think I still think it's an alright film personally. I, I I enjoy it, and I probably enjoy it. Uh, I enjoy it more than some Marvel films. I'll put that out there, and um, I probably enjoy it. It's probably in my quite near the top of my uh, in terms of like DC DCEU films. Um, and watching it made me think, okay, this is this is good. So 
I'm looking forward to seeing what Zack Snyder actually wanted to bring out with his whole spiel. Yeah, I must admit because obviously I'm the same as you. Know, I've, I've only I've only recently watched it as well, and like I think like having the hype of this extended cut potentially coming out, it's kind of made me like look at points in the film which I didn't really appreciate and think, damn, this could be a lot better. Mm. And like. Still, for me, like, there's a few points in the film where I'm like, this is trash and I don't understand what, what the necessity of it is. And then there's points in the film where I'm like, so I think for me, it's like nostalgia, like having the Justice League together is pretty epic. Mm. But I, I, I still have this, this thing in the back of my mind where Superman's way too strong. I think they do Flash dirty with his speed. But then he's a newbie, essentially, in this, isn't he? And yeah. I'd love more about Cyborg. Like, mm. I would see more about him because I think they've done him a bit dirty in the film as well. Mm. Um, Wonder Woman, they smashed, although I feel like she could be a little bit more stronger when she's fighting Superman. And although it's funny that Batman's weak, I think they need to make him a bit stronger. Stronger how? I don't know, but like, He's this guy who's always defending Gotham against these absolute insane people. And then he's just like, any any hit he gets in this film, he's hurting. Yeah, I suppose. He's old as well. I think he makes a point of that. They make a point of that in the film as well. That, like, I think Alfred says to him, like, you can't, or maybe Diana says yeah. to him, like, you can't keep doing this forever kind of thing. Yeah. And they talk about how he's been uh, protecting Gotham for 20 plus years. So I think it, it is like a battered and bruised Batman. Man, and I think. Yeah. I like to think that uh, one of the like the undertones of this film was that Batman was putting this team together because he knew he wouldn't be around. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he said he makes a point to say like he wanted Wonder Woman to be the leader. Yeah, because um, they've kind of made her like in the animations. When you see the animations of Wonder Woman, she's a bit ruthless. Like mm. she's like a bit more cutthroat, and it's always the others that are kind of bringing her. I, I envision it the others like kind of saying no we've got to do it the right way but in this they kind of flipped it I think they've made her like the right men- the right mentality kind of thing moral compass yeah mm. but yeah it, I mean I don't I I remember when I first saw this film and people slagged it off and I thought wow this film really wasn't that bad this film was fairly decent mm. uh, still think the same now I still don't quite understand the criminal. Is it like he the the house in the middle of like the whole thing going off? The people in that house for trying to protect themselves. Yeah. That dynamic. I understand. I think it's the city is where people. It's where like people who have been bad go, isn't it, or something? Something like that. Yeah. And he's a he's a bad guy, but I like. It didn't, it didn't make sense to me. They needed to explain that a way, a little bit more for me to have them in so many scenes. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think I look forward to the Snyder Cut. Yeah. Same. Same. Um, if, if, are you? Are you? Have you got any more to say about Justice League or DC? Uh, no. Okay. No. Um, but on the on the vein of superheroes, it would be uh, remiss of us not to talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, now, I understand. I don't understand. I've read that maybe certain shows are being 
kind of slowly restarting their filming, um, which is obviously exciting for Disney Plus, uh, mm. which I haven't watched in about six weeks. Really? Uh, yeah. Thank, thank I've been rinsing it still. <laughs> I mean, you can maybe send me what you've been watching. I haven't finished The Mandalorian yet. Um, oh, what? Mate, what's that big series? Man, I don't get you. What's that, sorry? It's such a sick series. I don't get you, man. What, The Mandalorian? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it gets better in the last episode. But um, anyway, I sort of bought Disney Plus for the, um, you know, WandaVision, Falcon and Soldier and stuff. So I got royally mugged off. Um, But anyway, there's been a lot of kind of articles um, theorising about the future of the MCU, uh, particularly with regards to... um, I guess Marvel properties that weren't previously within the MCU. So particularly X-Men, uh, Fantastic Four, uh, and other Spider-Men. So I just, I'm going to like, you know, let you know what I've read and, and we can discuss how likely you think they are or, or what you think of them. So first of all was um, apparently Evan Peters has been cast in WandaVision. That's uh, Evan Peters played Quicksilver in the X-Men first class kind of, series of films which is interesting because obviously the mcu had their own quicksilver with aaron johnson in age of ultron um and that was one of the only characters that both fox and marvel still had the rights to uh so there's been theories that wandavision is going to be kind of exploring the multiverse um pardon we knew that anyway Well, I mean, I wasn't certain whether it was a multiverse or whether she was just you, like, forming alternate realities from her mind. I mean, I I don't know her powers, like, from comics and that. But, you know, there's been, you know, I think some of it's going to be a bit, like, 50s sitcom-y and some of it's going to be a bit, like, you know, whatever. So I don't know whether she's conjuring that up in her mind or whether it's an actual multiverse. But obviously, um, Feige has said that WandaVision links into... Doctor Strange 2, the multiverse. I think, I think maybe like that's like a. I, I think it's more likely he would be in, in uh, Doctor Strange 2. What, Evan Peters? Yeah, like as a multiverse kind of thing. Mm. Well, that I think that's that's what people are speculating is like maybe she inadvertently causes the multiverse or whatever <laughs> due, due to her kind of obviously not being able to let go of vision. But um, I think that'd be really interesting because, A, I wasn't even sure whether, you know, like the rights, they could use the same actors as in Fox franchises. Um, Pardon? But then they buy all of it, so they've got the rights to every character and every actor. Yeah, but it depends whether they have the rights to... No, because I thought that they couldn't... I don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't know all the ins and outs of it. I, you know, I would just have thought that maybe they could have. They would have to recast it. But hey ho, maybe they don't. So this is also interesting um, from a point that. So in this kind of speculation, Wanda causes or, you know, explores the multiverse. You could potentially have any of the people who played X Men in the Fox franchise coming back, including Hugh Jackman. Whether that happens, I doubt it. But. Um, also, because it leads into Doctor Strange 2, which is being directed by Sam Raimi, he did the 
quote-unquote original trilogy of Spider-Man. So people are also wondering whether whether there'll be like a Spider Verse with that would be what? Sorry, Chris. That would be sick, mate. Yeah, (laughs) because Sam Raimi originally did want to do Spider Man Four, but he wasn't happy with his script and he ran out of time um, to do it. So the studio just rebooted it with the Amazing Spider Man. Um, which obviously didn't do that well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is all speculation and theory, but it seems relatively convincing and very exciting. So what do you guys think? I think everything you said just then sounds sick. So I, hope, yeah. <laughs> I hope it's true. Fuck, yes, please. I'll yeah. Mate, I would pay to see a fucking Spider-Man multiverse film on its own, mate. Fuck, mm. under. I don't need her, although actually I wouldn't mind seeing her as well, but um, just because it's her. But, um, mate, that would be sick, mate. That would be yeah. sick. Because also, I guess, you know, like we've discussed, if um, if Vulture is appearing in Morbius, oh, yeah. it's a Sony product, then maybe these studios are being a bit more collaborative and maybe, you know, you could potentially have, yeah. like, interconnected universes between studios. Well, um, what do you mean though? Because Sony own that owns that character. Yeah, but he hasn't appeared in a Sony film before, has he? He was in. Oh, he was in Spider Man. Sorry, I mean he's crossing over because like, we don't know officially whether or not Venom is actually a part. Like we know that Venom obviously exists, but we don't know if that's part of the MCU. And yeah. we know I'm pretty sure that Morbius and, and Venom are in the same universe, but we don't yeah. know. See what like, you're saying. Yeah. Um, I heard I heard that Spider-Man's going to be in the next Venom film. I heard that as well. Too. Yeah, and also, Jay, um, the guy who plays J. Jonah Jameson, I can never remember his name. Um, J.K. Uh, J.K. Simmons. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, he said he's signed on for more Spider-Man films as well, which, you know, or at least more appearances, um, not necessarily in Spider-Man films. So, again, it could be a Doctor Strange thing. It could be, you know, and I mean, purely on whether this if this turns out to be at least a little bit true i think these sorts of things are going to be so sick that it will sort of negate the fact that we're not having an avengers team up film for a while because mm. essentially they are there are going to be team up films aren't they you're going to have like wonder and doctor strange at least maybe different spider-men maybe different x-men and you're going to yeah. be like this is sick and um particularly with the ages of a lot of the actors who have been playing the younger X-Men. Um, they, they're still young enough to portray X-Men currently. And that X-Men franchise with Dark Phoenix was up to the 90s. So in theory, you know, if what the MCU is in 2020 or something, you know, they are believably still... What's that, sorry? Are we up to 2025 at the moment? I, I mean, I, I can't keep up, to be honest. But um, either way, they're still believably you know old enough to play those characters right um they would yeah. be maybe what in their 40s or something i don't know um I yeah. mean, more believably than patrick stewart and uh the rest of them so i think it's it at least sounds really really promising and very very interesting um i was thinking um if you don't mind me interjecting that um i don't one thing i was gonna say is i reckon i think they're just gonna reboot I don't think they'll 
I think I don't think they'll use these X Men characters having had the same uh, experiences in the previous films that we've seen in the MCU. If that makes any sense, what I've just said. Uh, okay. I think they're kind of going to erase. They might keep the characters, but I think they'll kind of just erase the history of what we've seen so far, only because majority of it wasn't very uh, well received. Mm. Um, or they can just do it as like, okay, well that history happened in that universe, whereas this yeah. MCU universe that we're seeing, obviously none of yeah. that happened because you would imagine that someone else would have noticed. Um, yeah. Um, second thing I was going to say was, oh, do you reckon? So obviously there was that whole palaver few months ago with um, uh, Spider-Man not being in the MCU and all that stuff. Do you think maybe they negotiated for there to be like a bit of crossover in their films? Do you think that maybe one of their stipulations was like, like include us in your universe kind of thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that's mutually beneficial as well. Um, because whilst you might, you know, you could probably debate who's going to benefit more from it. Sony maybe financially, but Marvel are going to be hamstrung if they can't have spider-man and some of his allies um but especially now with all this coronavirus like studio is going to be hit financially so they might have to work more collaboratively um yeah. and more freely but yeah i mean i think especially as tom holland is only what like early 20s to have to, to not be able to use him um you know he could potentially do what hugh jackman has done and play this character for a long time and yeah. you know actually grow with the character from school to you know proper adulthood so yeah it, it makes sense for both studios to keep him as an actor rather than having to re recast him and um and yeah i mean it, yeah you know marvel would want to have a, if they're going to have all of their fox properties the only ones they don't have are the sony ones so if they can make come to an agreement where you know you have a few of ours we have a few of yours then um i think you know this will be very positive and they, maybe they're even looking at what dc are doing where they've actually canonized the cw universe um yep. and thinking oh shit you know they've done major crossovers between tv and loads of different things so they're probably looking at that and thinking well if we if we can do that on a cinematic level then that's gonna you know be an even bigger talking point um and you know there's all, all these rumors about whether Charlie Cox will continue to play Daredevil or, or what, but um, yeah. The rights reversed, don't they? Yeah. But again, the age profile of these actors, you know, makes sense for them to keep it. And, and I think we discussed last week, you know, a lot of people did watch those Netflix shows and liked those characters and actors. So, you know, they would already have an existing kind of fan base if they kept them. I mean, whether they can or not, or will or not, I don't know. But it's certainly interesting. And uh, considering when I first heard that One Division was going to be a TV show, I was sort of like, Pfft. sounds lame. I just but, don't care about Vision. I care about Wonder. I just don't give a fuck about Vision. I fucking hate that guy. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's, I'm hoping some of them are released this year before I have to renew my subscription to Disney Plus. <laughs> they got you mate the mouse has got you I know and then like two weeks after I signed up for it they were like oh if you're an O2 customer you can get six months free I'm like I'm a fucking O2 customer <laughs> bastards can I ask you guys a question that's I suppose MCU related of course so I don't know how well you remember Endgame 
but obviously at the end of Endgame. So, well, uh, when... I'm only asking this because I watched Endgame last week. Um, so Iron Man and Captain America go back to 1970. Captain America grabs some pin particles. I think I'm pretty sure he grabs four of them, right? Um, right. The one for him and Iron Man to get back. And then I suppose in hindsight, he was thinking one for me to make my journey to the past and whatnot and come back. Yep. He returns all the Infinity Stones to their individual places, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with two pin particles, I think. So I'm think so. My question is basically, how does he go back to three different places with two pin particles? Um, well, uh, just off the top of my head, don't they establish where? So they take Infinity Stones from different points in time. So they know that there are three in New York in I don't know 2012, and there's two in this place in 2014. So you could argue that he went back to the earliest point. And then lived throughout, you know, time, and then put them back as and when he knew where they were, because obviously by the end of Endgame he's an old man, so he has lived, hasn't he, his life. So I would maybe suggest that he went back to the earliest point where they found an Infinity Stone on Earth. That's a risky move. How did he get to space? Pardon? How did he get to space? Uh, he had to go to Asgard, and he had to go to Vormir, and he had to go to Morag. Spaceship? <laughs> From who? <laughs> the Guardians? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's I was good... thinking, I don't know. That is a mad plot hole. But also, I mean, I guess theoretically... If he knows that in the 70s Hank Pym has made Pym particles, he could have just gone to Pym's laboratory in any other period of time and got more. True, true. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a very good question. What is the benefit of... So the Pym particles do what exactly? Make you go through the... Quantum realm, I think. So, and that can make you land anywhere in the universe? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I guess so, yeah. Okay, well then, if he can do that, then man, that means that means Captain America is like the basically going to be the is essentially during his time the smartest person during his well, time knows that that can happen, and if he dies prior to putting them all back in place, he's fucked up the timeline. Well, didn't um, the ancient one say that even if the stone was replaced, it still made a divergent timeline? Because mm. at that moment in time, the time stone was taken, so it's created a different tangent. No, but I think she said, I think if, you, whole... said if you put it back in the exact same time point... It... Yeah. But then, right. in my mind, Chris is right, but then in my mind, they're already in... An... So, like, <laughs> it doesn't make the most well, yeah, sense. Because, yeah, because they're in the quote-unquote future, aren't they? Yeah. Or the present, and then they're going back to the past to put a time stone back, which would then that would mean that they'd be erased. Yeah. Oh, it's mind-boggling. It hurts my head. I'm traveling. <laughs> oh. Oh. Suspension of disbelief, but... <sighs> yeah, Endgame's still sick, though. Sick film. Sick, sick film. Sick film, but not the best. Um, mm, top five. Mm, top six. Four, oh, mate. <laughs> <laughs> <Six>. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's all I'd say. <laughs> oh, I'm God. excited for MCU stuff to start coming back. Same. Oh my God, man. I feel like it's been too long. Endgame came out like what a year ago? Year ago, over a even year. even Far From Home probably came out close to a year ago. Yeah. I bought that DVD as well. Actually, I need to watch that. I need. I want to rewatch it. I remember it being really good. Mm. Um, love Jake Gyllenhaal. So Reem. <laughs> Reem. <laughs> um, on the non-superhero related stuff, I know. Gosh, um, I watched pretty much. I started watching two films and didn't finish them um, because I just couldn't be bothered. One of them was The Hungover Games, which was terrible. Um, What's that? One of these, like, parodies of loads of different films. So the main piss takes are The the Hangover and The Hunger Games. Why did you do this yourself? Because I watched, you know, the little little snippet that Netflix show you? I actually laughed at that bit. So I was like, you know what? Maybe this is one of the, like, less terrible ones. I knew it would be terrible, but I thought it would be less terrible. But essentially, it's the people from The Hangover um, who, uh, due to um, Zach Galifianakis' character getting them high, end up in The Hunger Games. And then they kill, you know, other people in The Hunger Games include Johnny Depp's character characters such as you know Jack Sparrow and the Lone Ranger, um, Avatar, and an exaggerated version of Ted. Um, but the thing is, and what I hate about comedies in general is, if you have to explain the joke, then it's probably not a good joke. Yeah, but isn't or that the, you... these parodies? The, what, for, for example, like you look at, um, you know, the, so there's a character who's supposed to be Katniss Everdeen. She's called Catnip Everleen or something. But, you know, throughout this whole film, they're like, oh, aren't you Katniss? And she goes, no, I'm not Katniss, I'm Catnip. And it's like, we, if you have to point out who they're supposed to be, then, it, you know, it just takes away from the humour. Some of the humour is like recognising who they're supposed to be. And you know that you know if you have then have to explain it for me it detracts from the humor of it and you know in any film if you say a joke and then have to explain the joke or you do choose to explain the joke then it's just like either you think the audience is stupid or it's not a good joke um uh, anyway i turned that well, off after like, maybe that's the joke it's and you just don't like that yeah i mean maybe you know, that's that is my, my that is the worst genre of film out there. Yeah. What a parody. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. It was awful. And then I started watching More Rats, which is a Kevin Smith film, but I couldn't get yeah. it. I was about to watch that. It's More just was... I mean, Kevin Humor's got a particular brand of, shall we say, comedy. And yeah. it's just like it's it's great at you got like it like dog... I can get on board with dog dogma and clerks. Yeah, they're the two that I like the most, but some of the others, it's just like, oh, God. But um, I did actually complete two films as well. Uh, one was Leave No Trace, which is a film that's on Netflix at the moment. It's a strange film, but 
interesting. It's about a father and his uh, teenage daughter who live in the woods. Um, and then at first, you're not really sure why they live in the woods. And it's one of these films that it's like a very slow kind of film, like slow burner. It doesn't really explain everything you want it to, but it's, you know, you can, you have to kind of really look for what it's, what the explanations are. So it was quite frustrating, but it's good acting performances. Um, eventually they get discovered by social services and it's like, hey, you can't live like this. But, you know, there's a, a strong hint that the father is suffering from PTSD from the army and therefore he can't, you know, stay in normal society. But his daughter at one point says to him, I'm not, I don't suffer from the same illness that you do. So, you know, she wants to be more integrated with society. Um, but it's one of those films that you, you watch it and you're like, I know I'm going to be frustrated by the end of it because it's not going to have like a, a typical satisfactory conclusion. Um, and, you know, when a, a slow burner is like almost two hours long, it, it feels a lot longer. Um, mm. So I did enjoy it, but it's very kind of like arty and you're like, ah, I want it to be wrapped up in a nice, nice little bundle, but it's not. Um, but again, that's, you know, that's kind of mainstream cinema conditioning us to expect everything to be resolved and like, real life things aren't always and then um the other film i watched is friday uh oh nice ice cube directed by f gary gray um because I, I want to make a conscious effort to watch uh you know cinemas featuring cultures different from my own um you like it i did yeah there's there's some like really funny bits in it and i didn't realize that that film was the inspiration for the by felicia meme um oh yeah <laughs> so i was like oh that's funny um and it's also like i was reading up on it a little bit and um ice cube wrote it which was mm. or co-wrote it which was interesting and he also said that the reason he did that was because films that he's been in and films about kind of the hood always focus on the violence and kind of negative stereotypes of kind of hood culture and he wanted to show that you know there is like a lighter hearted side of of that kind of environment um mm. which is you know really interesting and, and uh, yeah i did i did like it it was, it was funny I, I, chris tucker was a bit like ott but i think that that's is... fine what he said to be fair when when did you start watching it glenn because i literally start i literally i haven't finished it yet but i started watching it um yesterday i watched it this morning so oh, right. I finished it like 10 minutes before we came on. Um, Chris Tucker, yeah. become, um, he became a born-again Christian and he said he wouldn't be in those films anymore because he was smoking weed and stuff and he, doesn't agree, he didn't agree with it anymore. Oh, right. Okay. Why he started doing the Rush Hour films instead. Oh, right. I mean, yeah, it was, it was, it was quite a good film. And there's a lot of like famous people um, like Regina King. I was like, oh, d- yeah, you know, mm. didn't expect them to be in it. But yeah, I enjoyed it. And um, okay. Gary Gray's directorial debut and um yeah so it's i think it's one of those films that's often referenced as well so i sort of wanted to watch it just so i could maybe understand its importance mm. um, you should watch the sequels if you get chunks are they as good um i think the second one's pretty good the third one is okay mm. what, what are they called the sequels 
uh, next Friday and Friday after next. So is Chris Tucker not in the other two? No. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I I, I did enjoy it, and uh, yeah, it made me laugh sometimes. I think, yeah, like I said, Chris Tucker was a bit OTT for me, but I think that is just who he is. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll try and watch more. Um, more films, um, particularly focusing on kind of black experience. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think it's certainly I will, I need to educate myself a bit more on. I'm not saying that I'm gonna, you know, take these films as gospel and that that's exactly what everyone experiences. But I think watching films from other cultures, you know, you can sort of understand a little bit about politics, history, things like that. So, yeah, that's what I want to do. Anyone else watched anything they want to mention? Uh, I watched seven seasons of Modern Family. Seven seasons? Well, that's what's on Netflix. I would have watched all of them. So you've seen them grow from children to adults. Hey, it's fucking hilarious. Oh, listen, Modern Family so jokes. Yeah. Hey, it's so, so good. I do think they made some of the characters a bit too dumb, but like, it is funny. And mm. yeah, good laugh. Oh, have, you got, have you guys been watching Space Force? No, I heard it was trash. Oh, I, oh is it really? Is it bad? It's it's not great. Oh, it's sure. watchable. It I, was like half, that half an hour episode, but I don't know. It's, it's not that funny. And there's a character in it played by Ben Schwartz and he's quite annoying yeah it's it's, it's strange I don't really know what, what the point of it is mm. but oh bother them nah. nah there's um I was thinking like because there's a few films coming out like Netflix original films and we haven't all watched a, a, the same film for a while so I was thinking over the next few weeks we can or what you know, make sure we watch them and then discuss I them. What's that? Sorry, I reckon we do the Will Smith watch, watch, watch as many Will Smith films as we can, and then we can talk about them, can't we? Yeah, okay. So, our first kind of actor deep dive to Will Smith, then, um, yeah, I mean, but he's got a shit ton of good films, and I yeah. would like to find and, and a lot of bad ones. I'll put that out there to be fair. <laughs> What's the, the, is he in John Q? Is that it? Uh, no. no what's the, that's a sick film, though. Oh, I can't wait to do Denzel. That's going to be my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. What am I thinking of? Oh, it's up here somewhere. It's really good, but it's really underrated. Of Enemy of the State? Yes. Yes. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah, sick film. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, give me a couple of weeks to watch some of them, and uh, then we can do a deep dive on Will Smith. Oh, mate, I can't wait to watch <laughs> Iron Legend and iRobot again. Oh. I haven't watched iRobot in time. iRobot is sick. <laughs> in After Earth. I'm going to try and watch it after. <laughs> I'm going to try and watch Ali as well, because I've not seen that. But Ali, yeah. I've watched it in years. Uh, anyone going to watch Wild Wild West? Yeah, I actually watch- probably will. <laughs> I watch all the bad boys as well, so I watch all the bad boys. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's actually got quite an extensive. Black. He's got a lot of films. Even like the newer ones, like um, I haven't seen Collateral Beauty or Seven Pounds. Concussion. Concussion. I've seen Concussion. It's not. It's not great. And he's also in um, Focus with Margot Robbie, which was. Cool. I like that film. Like yeah. What about Hancock? Yeah, sick film. I watched that I like last year. I couldn't. I couldn't find that anywhere when I was trying to watch the alternative superhero, which is annoying, but. I thought it was on Netflix, but maybe I'm wrong. If you can find it. Maybe using your VPN, mate. Oh, wow. Actually, I use my DVD collection that I have bought legally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll reconvene in a couple of weeks when we've watched some Will Smith films. Uh, Maybe afterwards we'll do Jaden Smith. No, I'm joking. Um, Yeah. And we'll go through some classic actors and actresses uh and we'll see where that takes us all uh, right sweet. Well, happy watching all right see you later boys Peace. Peace.